This is Jason Lancaster of Feel Left Standing, and we're about to discuss metal. This is the Discuss Metal Podcast with Jason Lancaster of Few Left Standing. Hosted by Dan Terry, presented by DiscussMetal.com. I have the pleasure this evening of sitting down with Jason Lancaster of Few Left Standing. How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Oh, I'm alive. Just got off work. Cracked open a couple of beers, relaxing, listening to some Few Left Standing all day so I could ask you really hyper-technical <laughs> questions about each song. Well, if if my memory holds up, I can answer those. There you go. Because I, you're probably talking to the worst guy as far as remembering facts about all this <laughs> in the past. I can't remember, how, like, probably 75% of the bands that we actually played with. You know, John and Chris are like, yeah, we played with so-and-so. I'm like, did we? I guess I was too busy breaking down, you know, and, and loading up, you know, trying to get out of the way. Well, that's <laughs> a that, that's a lead singer thing. Those guys never know uh, what's going on. They, they never they never remember or they remember everything because they don't unload. They, you know. <laughs> Right. Right. I used to, I used to be a lead singer, so I used to be worse about worse about that kind of stuff. I just disappear all of a sudden when it was load out time and when it was load in time and yeah, right. Hey, buddy, uh, what are you doing? What are you walking off? We got amps. Come on. I'm gonna go uh, work some things out with the promoter and just leave. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Promoters like, here's the thing: you guys got pizza and soda. Is that going to be enough to get you to your next show? It's like, uh, oh, no. Yeah. no, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I remember we, we played Vino's in Little Rock, and uh, John and a buddy of his had, <clears throat> of course, we're based out of Memphis, and they drove in early to Vino's to kind of hang out before you know we played the show that night. We get there, and man, I think they ate most of the two pizzas, the complimentary pizzas that we were supposed to get for the band. We we laid into the band, that kid. Of course, he's <laughs> not a kid anymore. But yeah, back then, she was like, ah, ah, we're going to kill you, boy. Well, that's the scary thing is that we're all old now. Um, I remember, so when we, whenever we were preparing to do the Few Left Standing episode and the, the Few Left Standing versus Strong Arm, I'm looking at the dates these records came out, and I'm like, they're not that old. Like, there, there's no, like, and I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, and I look at myself in the mm-hmm. mirror, and I see my gray hair, and I'm like... Oh no. <laughs> You're 33 though, right? 33, 34ish, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. You, sh- man. No, you're not old. Most of my gray hairs from stress. Same year. But uh, I'm I'm 10 years older than you, so I, you can definitely see, you know, on the Skype that I have a little little patch right there in the beard. I have one as well. But I I just consider that a cool point cuz I just look like I look like a guy that was in a band, you know. So that's Right, right. So speaking of bands and, you know, a long time ago and, you know, stuff that's happening now, um, let's kind of jump into this Furnace Fest thing a little bit. Um, this is, uh, I'd say it like it's no big deal, but like it's monumentally huge. Whenever I saw, number one, whenever I saw Beloved get announced, I was like, oh man, I, I'm happy to see that band again because I thought they... I had an opportunity to see them at Cornerstone years and years and years and years ago, and I went and saw yeah. a different band instead because I was like, "Ah, oh, it's beloved. They're a solid state band. They ain't going nowhere." And then they right, they right. broke up like a month later, so now I had to wait like you know, eighteen years or something <laughs> to be able to go see that band again. And then it, so it was, and then whenever you guys got thrown on there, I was completely like, "No way! Like there's there's no way." 
And uh, so, I mean, what what was that process? I know, um, I know, on the As the Story Grows podcast, this has kind of been answered. But what was, I guess, Chad just randomly reached out to you guys? Yeah, you know, uh, Chris. Yeah, Chris definitely did talk about that. How he he got a text from a, a mysterious number. You know, is this Chris Stafford? The Chris Stafford. And uh, who wants to know? You know. Yeah. Yeah, who wants to know that sort of thing? Being a little guarded, and and uh, you know, this Chad Johnson, and of course they started talking and just catching up. And uh, he brought up the Furnace Fest idea. They at that point they, you know, it seemed like they were sort of flying by the seat of their pants, just kind of putting feelers out there to see if it would, you know, if it would be something that people were interested in. And obviously it was, you know, very big for a lot of people. So the ball got to rolling pretty quick. So uh, not long after that, Chris called me and was asking me how I felt about it. I, I mean, we we feel very loyal uh, to Chad Johnson. I mean, he he's always been, you know, really good to us. So we just felt like, man, if if, if he's wanting to do this, you know, it's not like we were a band that uh, broke off, broke up, and it was it was bad vibes or anything. It's just we, you know, for a couple of different reasons just couldn't go on and uh but the thing is is we we're like brothers i mean we're like a tight-knit group so this is this is definitely a, a huge catalyst to, to make it happen for us to actually get in a room and, and play music together so that's that's really what happened is he called me and you know so on john and, and aaron and uh yeah we all agreed to do it so uh was there any was there any fear or res, like reservation like because I mean if somebody if somebody called me up right now and asked my old band to go play a thing I'd be the first mm-hmm. one to be all like dude there ain't no way like logistically that just can't happen yeah there there's definitely there's definitely a lot of that Chris was very self conscious about whether you know his voice would uh, he'd be able to get the voice back <clears throat> and John. Uh, John felt like, man, you know, he, he hears these young buck drummers nowadays and he's like, Oh my goodness gracious. You know, what they're doing now is, is amazing how, you know, we're going to be like fossils up there. Um, I mean, I've always played, um, I've done things here and there. So it's, it's not like I've lost chops. Um, I don't necessarily play music this heavy anymore, but I still love aggressive, you know, heavy music. Aaron recently, and that's part of why we brought Paul into the fold um, is he plays in reserving dirt naps with the, with Paul. He's uh, and you know, he didn't play bass for a lot of years, at least not on a regular basis. So uh, whenever a slot came open in reserving dirt naps, he you know talked to Paul and joined the group. So he's he's kind of been back in the you know, he's he's knocked the rust off a bit. So between between all of us, you know, Aaron and I are, are probably the most prepared to actually jump back into it. Um, John and Chris, they were worried about it, but I can tell you after the first two practices, you know, that we've had is is it's it, for them it's been like riding a bike. Um, John is definitely overstating how bad he thinks he is, but I mean it, it's all come back to him, you know, pretty well. It's just it's muscle memory, you know, to a large degree. Um, Chris, the the same, the same pretty much, you know, he talked about trying to yell in his truck, in his work truck and, you know, seeing how that sounded and he was discouraged. But, uh, once he got in the room with the PA and the band and 
just I guess the adrenaline of doing it after so many years, it, he was he was surprised how easily it it actually came. So so yeah, that's definitely been a big part of you know you know can we do this? Sure, yeah, and you know what was that like as far as. Um you know, I'm, I'm vicariously living living through you guys now at this point. You know, as far as getting a band together after you know well more than a decade, what's it like? You know, blasting through those songs again this late. Like, I mean, is it just like, do you just go right back to to like it never changed or? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's it's like it it just at least to me. I mean, you may talk to, to John and Chris and. They may give you a different answer, but, but I know for me, uh, it felt, felt great. I mean, we, for that first practice, we really did it up. We, you know, we practiced at Aaron's house. That's where Reserving Dirt Nash practices. So, you know, he, he did a cookout. You know, Aaron's a big, he's a big barbecue buff, you know, so he had the big, the big smoker and, uh, we had barbecue that night, drank beer, and just it was a big love fest. You know, we we got in that room and, and started playing, and it was just like, oh. I mean, it was we just felt like we were back home. That's uh, that's exciting because that that gives me a preview of what it's going to be like seeing you guys up on the stage after so many years. I mean, the last time it's so funny because I've seen I've seen you guys play one time year i you mean did. long time ago and i barely even remember the show i remember skur i remember the song scourge i remember like that and it was in um i want to say because we drove like five hours so it must have been like arkansas wow. it was like, you saw us in arkansas i believe so yeah it was like because i didn't drive then so I mean, somebody drove us down there but i believe it was in arkansas i can't remember the name of the venue now and uh, Joe I might mean, cu- hey. Joe might cut this part out because I can't remember the name of the <laughs> venue, but um, I uh, remember I remember it being just like really um, really intense, like to the point where I because at the time I don't think I was really listening to much hardcore. I think it was mm-hmm. like mostly like pop punk and stuff like that. So it was like a totally different thing for me. And I went down with some people from the from my church some guys that were like really into metal and hardcore and stuff and they're you're gonna love this you know and they made me listen to zeo all the way down there you know and um right which is funny because like now looking back on it like now zeo is like my one of my favorite bands of all time you know <laughs> yeah i can tell i've listened to those episodes yeah like i i talk a big game on this show on the show about how i've been listening to metal since i was born and you know all, all this stuff but uh yeah. but the reality is is you know i remember being pretty shocked um seeing you guys play that heavy and i wish i remembered more more of the show because i don't even remember I, i'm trying because i I'm picked up your think. record like a couple of years later when it was reissued by solid state and i didn't yeah. even into it i didn't even re- realize it was the same band because i got wormwood first and then i got regeneration of self and when i heard that song scourge i was like oh okay i do know these yeah, guys yeah yeah, yeah I, i'm i'm wanting to say it would have had to have been vinos i mean it had to have been in little rock because it's really i mean it's a pizza place with, right yeah yeah okay yeah right yeah. there in, in downtown little rock the only other places i can recall us really playing in arkansas that you would have been to we we played the we played with Libin Sacrifice at the at their home church. <clears throat> but you know, other than that, I can't really think of many venues we would have played in Arkansas. Well, and I'm really excited about the fact that I'm going to actually know the songs this time. 
and that it's going to be, you know, I'm probably not going to do much moshing, uh, <laughs> but well, uh, yes, that, that's because I'm a distinguished music journalist now or something, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> right. But uh, you I, stand back with your arms crossed at the back, just watching. And then I, yeah, I come up to you guys after the show and I'm like, it's a great set, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been a mosher myself. I'm that guy. <laughs> well, you get the stage though. You can mosh all you want on stage, and it be and it be like safe, <laughs> more or less. Right, exactly. I get to watch the chaos. So this is cool, and, and what I want to do is I kind of want to rewind the clock a little bit and um, focus a little bit on um, you know what you know what got you into playing uh, into playing hardcore music or playing music in general. I mean, nobody picks up a guitar because they want to play hardcore. I mean, maybe they did a few years later, but I mean, back then there mm-hmm. had, there had to have been something that, that sparked you into that. <clears throat> uh, I was never a hardcore, uh, guy. I was, uh, I was a metal guy when I first started playing guitar, like I was a kid at a headbangers ball. Like that was my Saturday night was staying up watching all that stuff as a kid. And I probably started playing guitar <sighs> around the age of 10. Seriously. So, uh, you know, I always gravitated towards the, I guess, the heavier stuff, which I mean, when I say heavy, I'm talking about Quiet Riot and Twisted Sister and, you know, stuff like that. But those, those heavy, heavy for then. Right, right. So, but the thing that I guess cinched it was I had a hood rat cousin that brought down uh, two co- or a copy of Back in Black and The Blizzard of the Boss. So the, those two uh, albums pretty much set the pace for what I what I loved, you know. <clears throat> and as far as uh, so I you know I was the 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 Aussie Black Sabbath you know metal guy, and I met Aaron in high school, and he was the more indie rock. Um, I don't want to say grunge, but he was into the Cure, Morrissey, Mud Honey, you know, a lot of that type of stuff. So um, when I met him, it sort of broadened what I listened to. And at that point, we're going into the 90s. So, you know, we're listening to the grunge and Alice in Chains and all that stuff. Um, so I was never really a hardcore guy. I mean, I came across stuff that had hardcore tendency. Or, well, well, I mean, I liked Sick of It All. Um, you know, we went to the band's warp Tour in Florida a couple of times. So I got to see Siv and uh, Sick of It All. And But we, you know, before A Few Left Standing, we were in the sky. And... Um, you know, punk and I mean, I, I just soaked up a lot of different styles of music, but, uh, it wasn't until feel of standing that, uh, that I really came across a lot of that stuff. I remember Chris playing, uh, I think where blood and fire bring rest, you know, like playing it in the car, like when it first came out and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's, you know, that's awesome. Cause I love the production. I was really into the production. So, uh, and then I found out that that was where Living Sacrifice did Reborn. It's like, oh, we got to go to this guy. If we ever get the chance to record, that's where we have to go. And, uh, you know, we started playing in Memphis. I think we were two shows in. And, uh, you know, uh, our friend Rocky, who was from Birmingham, went back and told Chad about us. And, you know, I, I know Chris went over this on As the Story Grows, but uh, it was, I mean, it was really quick the way it happened, you know. Uh, we we didn't really have a long set. We probably had like a five or six song set. We're just like, you know, we're just going to go. We're going to do it. You know, be short to the point. And, you know, I guess we really kind of uh, set it off with those first couple of shows because he went back, told Chad, and we were on our way to Birmingham not long after. And I mean, it just it sort of took off. 
And so we did get a chance to go to, to Barry and Little Rock and record. You guys were perfect for it, too, because, I mean, at that time, you know, you've got Reborn had come out, it what, in 97, and then uh, Blood and Fire came out in 98. I think Embodiment, uh, Brace the Eternal mm-hmm. came out around the same time. 98 i think and um and you guys had you know kind of uh a sound that was very i don't want to say akin because i don't think that few left standing really sounds like those bands but it's uh, it's that mixture of metal and hardcore which it's very easy for me to say metalcore but unfortunately that term i guess has been poo-poo now and like you can't really use it even though that accurately describes like what I'm I talking mean, about, like it it's is. a mix of metal riffs, riffs and stuff, you know, and but hardcore, you know, hardcore screamer and you know <laughs> that sort of thing. It's easy to get lost in 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 the categories. I mean, I hear people try to place bands in this category, in this category. I mean, that's great, you know, uh, if you if you want to do that. But you know, I get exhausted sometimes because there's always that outlier that doesn't fit. Yeah, and like I can't put these with this. You know, well, what am I supposed to do with that? So, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I always felt like, especially regeneration sounded as if it were of that time. It definitely did fit with those other groups. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like that, I mean, man, I can't, I can't, uh, under undersell the song scourge, how that song just kicks the record off with, uh, and I know like from the, as the story grows thing, you know, the Bruce didn't like that you guys put that sound clip at the beginning of it, but like, it wouldn't even be the same record to me without it, you know, (laughs) like, well, yeah. And, uh, the, the thing, the thing about Bruce and it's been years since I've been around him, but the thing about Bruce is he is very much the, you know, he's that old school metal guy. You know, he's pretty much no nonsense. He's not, he's not really a goofball. You know, he may be with some people, but with us, he's, he's, you know, pretty reserved, you know, he'll joke around, but he's, he's fairly, seems to be fairly straight laced. And we love to pick on that. Like, you know, he, he would just, he probably thought we were a bunch of idiots and we ate that up. We just, (laughs) we went goofier just because he didn't want to go goofy. And, uh, so yeah. So, you know, whenever we, uh, we were like, Hey, we're going to do this. You know, we'd like to do this. What do you think? He would just be like, Oh, I, I don't, I don't know about that guys. It, you know, it sounds like, what did Chris say? He said, it sounds like Popeye. <laughs> yeah, I remember Popeye, Chris, yeah. but he busted out laughing and just like, Popeye, Oh my God. And we Had Bruce never seen laughing. evil dead too. Like is that? I, I guess not. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe he had, but, uh, he really didn't act like it. And if he did, he, he just, he's that type of guy. It just sounded too goofy to him to, to actually do on a, on a metal record. And of course we were goofballs anyway. So that didn't bother us at all. It's actually him acting like we shouldn't do it. Just forced us into it. Right. We're just being contrarians at that point. It's not your fault at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. But no, I like, I love the way that, I mean, because to me, it actually sounds cool. Like it doesn't even sound goofy at all because I'm such a huge fan of Bruce Campbell and, and all of the evil dead stuff yeah. and uh, army of darkness and all that. So like to have that on it, especially because like there wasn't a lot of Christian music that I listened to at that time that was cool. You know what I mean? Like that, that would, yeah. you know, like there weren't like the Christian bands in my local scene wouldn't even admit to watching a movie like evil dead. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. very straight laced, very, you know, and so it was one of 
of the very first, and that's what I love the most about this genre and, and that scene at the time was that, you know, I was like, okay, so these dudes are cool. Like, they're like me and my friends, you know, <laughs> like, and it not. Well, 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 that's why we bonded with Tantrum, you know, so yeah. much. Because when we first started playing with them, they had a whole rig where they had a TV and where they're playing Evil Dead. And the woman is getting raped by the tree. We're like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, and, and we just did a sample of a very tame part of it. You know, here they are. They're, they're playing this. And we were just like, this is this is insane. It's great, but it's insane. Dude, some of those tantrum clips, like the ones that ended up on their albums, are messed up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness! Like uh, the one I, I for whatever reason I popped in the tantrum the first tantrum CD today when I was driving around and I uh, it was the uh, the heart is a two headed sperm which again is a weird name for a record but you know it's totally yeah, Stephen if you know right. Stephen you know and uh, yeah he's like you know you like uh, oh what does he say oh god see I screwed that up too but anyway but yeah no some of the some of the clips on there like he's got stuff from like Texas Chainsaw and. Um, uh, and I don't even know what the like weird public domain ones are from the beginning, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's been a long time since I've listened, but I, I mean, I can tell you we bonded over that, but you know, we were, we were a little bit, it seems like we were probably th- three to four years at least older than a lot of the bands that we were playing with. So, you know, a couple of our guys were already married in long-term relationships, even had kids. So, I mean, you know, yeah, we, yeah, I mean, we had definitely, uh, I, I don't know. We weren't as afraid to, I guess, do that as some other bands might have, might have been. But yeah, those got man, Tantra was, was nuts. Well, and you guys were very, like, um, lyrically, I mean, obviously very open about faith and about, um, uh, about Jesus and about all that, that aspect of it. And, um, even that was kind of, I don't want to say it was different, but it was more like the, um, it was more like the old bands, like the strong arm and overcome and focused and stuff like that. Um, whereas, yeah. you know, I mean, Zayo was that way too, you know, on their blood and fire and obviously living sacrifice is still pretty much that way. Um, but was that ever like, I mean, cause I, I try to put myself in the mindset when I started listening to this kind of music, it was kind of more generally accepted to be a faith based band. Um, but nobody ever really talked about it. Was that the way the scene kind of always was, or did you guys run into like, or do you, do you ever feel like the band was ever like roadblocked because of that? And I only asked that because one of my co-hosts, whenever we were talking on the, uh, on the episode we did, uh, about you guys is he's like, yeah, I love that first record, but it was just too much Jesus for me. Was that something that you guys encountered very often? We did get, we did get that. I mean, we, you know, we definitely got people that was just like, Oh, we love, we love the music. You know, it's just that, uh, it's just, you know, you're preachy. And I, you know, I guess maybe I was oblivious to it. I mean, I realized that the lyrical content was, uh, on that first record, that was like 80% Bible based, you know, scripture, I I would say. Oh, yeah. What he drew from. Um, so we definitely got that where people are like, man, you guys are cool. It's just the, the whole, you know, religion thing. And, you know, in Memphis, we a big group in Memphis. Uh, right before we kind of came up was um, his heroes gone. Okay, you know the Crust Punks. Yeah, and there there was a, a club that we that we uh, wanted to get in just because we liked the stuff that was going through there, not because we were like trying to infiltrate the scene necessarily. But there's a place called uh, Twelve Ninety Seven uh, Madison, and that's where. Our all the cross punk kids were well 
they kind of roadblocked us, you know, from playing there at first until, you know, some of the guys that were like more respected in that scene was like, hey, look, these guys are cool. You know, just let them play. You know, the, the yeah, you know, you may not like their message, but they're cool. Trust us. And, and we played. I mean, we played there a lot after that. So. uh So, yeah, but we definitely did run into a lot of, oh, you know, man, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. Uh, supposedly we we had played Birmingham and, you know, this kid got mad at us because he brought some of his friends who weren't Christian. And apparently Chris was, you know, they felt like he was going on too long about the whole Christianity thing. And, and he was uh, he was feeling he was feeling it on the stage. Sure. Yeah. 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 He was like, oh, yeah, he, he was embarrassed, you know, it, it, you know, because his friends just weren't digging it. But yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's not really your fault. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. right. You know, uh, no, it's just interesting to me because, you know, what was it weird seeing as, you know, after the band kind of went away, seeing kind of that um, Christian heavy music kind of like more or less exploded, what, two, three years after <laughs> after the yeah. band had kind of called it a day? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we look, we, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess I never really thought of it that way. You know, I, I would, I, I always saw that there were groups that sort of had Christian tendencies that, you know, went on. I mean, under oath got huge. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not necessarily sure how their faith is today. I, you know, I want to say it, it seems like they're probably like, uh, you know, they, they're not really, they definitely want to steer away from that. Yeah, my understanding is they're not. They don't consider themselves a religious band. Yeah, um, right. anymore. Which I mean, granted, I think a lot of bands don't necessarily. I say a religious band, and that automatically makes it sound weird, you know, because a lot of bands <laughs> right. were a lot of bands were just bands. You know what I mean? And they just yeah. you know, maybe they maybe the dudes all met at a church. <laughs> you right. know, or, right. or, you know, like in, like in my old band, I mean, we practiced, we played hardcore metal, you know, in a children's chapel, you know, with picture paintings of Noah's Ark all over the walls and, you know, like, right. you know all this stuff. So, um, for what I understand, like guys like Zayo, like they're kind of like the perfect example of that, like guys who, you know, met, you know, through their church and their youth groups. And then, you know, just they, you get older, you know, your, your views broaden and everything's not so crucial. You know, it's not all just like life or death, you know, with every situation. I think the biggest example of that was Living Sacrifice because, you know, they they went. I mean, as far as like when I started listening to this kind of music, Living Sacrifice was it. You know what I mean? As far as like right. they like I just assumed that they were rich. You know what I mean? Or that they that they had <laughs> that they had the same because like all my friends were like really into Pantera, Sepultura, you know, uh Meshuggah, stuff not. like that. And you know, and I but I'd listen to Living Sacrifice and I'm like, these guys are every bit as good as those bands. You know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, yeah. they're 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 uh I did a Furnace Fest episode, we were talking about all the bands uh recently. Uh we just went A to, to, a, to a to Z. Yeah. And, and thank you for saying that you felt like we would be the uh the the hidden gem of that i you know yeah i no. let chris know that i was like see the, the this he, this guy he, he he likes what we do i mean that that's why that they were in earnest saying what they said right because yeah yeah i hope i didn't anyway, piss all the guys right. off you know with all that no, but uh no, that's no. just what we do on the show and it's uh and like i said it's not just my opinion because i mean uh, the other guys get equal footing and it's, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, no, I definitely agree though, that I, I think that you guys, people, 
maybe there's a lot of people there that are there to see the newer bands that don't know about Few Left Standing or um, or even like Hope's Fall, who's made a huge comeback in the, in the recent years, you know, and, um, you know, obviously They're Zale. basically a whole different band at this point, are they not? What, Hope's Fall? Yeah. Well, sort of. So uh, it's actually, as far as I know, it, the they just released or didn't release it, but they they just recorded a new album. I think they just dropped a new song like today. It's either going to drop today or tomorrow. Um, yeah. But uh, it's basically the same lineup that they had when they did their satellite years, uh, mm-hmm. uh, their satellite years record. So it's pretty much the same guys that did that one. Now it's not like old school with uh, frailty of words and Doug and you know like. Well, that. see that's that's that's. You know, that's my frame of reference because, I mean, I remember those dudes staying at Chris's house whenever they came through and we played with them, you know, and that was that was who was in that lineup at the time. So they um, but yeah, they made a huge comeback. But like the reason the reason I said I think you guys are going to be the sleeper, uh, the sleeper hit or the band that people aren't going to be expecting um, is because of just the straight brutality of it like that. Um, Regeneration itself has some bangers on it to the point where like people aren't like it's, it just becomes like there, there's moments on that record where you guys are like a wall of noise. <laughs> and that is, you know, maybe that's the production, yeah. maybe it's the production fault or whatever. But like, uh, I, I, you know, I was, I was always all about it. And, um, and I think people that are there to see bands like converge and stuff, like they're going to like hear kind of that sort of stuff that you guys are throwing down and be like, Oh wow, I'm actually, I'm actually really into this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that first record, the, the production on it was, was pretty dense, <clears throat> but you know, something that I guess I should probably address is that, you know, when we first started out, we were, we were a two guitar player band, you know, it was, it was me and, and Jim Joplin. So, you know, so that was written as a two guitar player album, <clears throat> you know, Jim, he was more into neurosis and very dissonant sounding uh, metal and hardcore. So he, he kind of went his own separate way there, you know, after a while. And we tried to replace him. You know, we had a couple of people that we brought in that just didn't work out. And at a certain point, we just decided, well, we're the core group. You know, the core four are right here. You know, instead of trying to shoehorn somebody in that that's, you know, not going to gel we'll just keep it us four. And I mean, that, that made me have to sort of change up some of the, the ways that I did the first, the first album, you know, I had to try to, uh, arrange it so that it sounded more like there were two guitars live. I mean, it's kind of hard to do, but sure. You no, know, I just, get it. Just a, yeah. But so, so, you know, you guys are talking about Wormwood. And we, we, we definitely took offense to the, uh, to the broom closet thing. Like we were joking about that. Or like broom closet. Did I say broom closet? <laughs> oh, I, uh, somebody may have. Yeah. So somebody, yes. So, uh, we, we, we wrote that one to be a one guitar player. I mean, that, that was all written with just me on guitar. And, uh, I was a big fan of the, the, the Pantera idea where, you know, listen to those Pantera records. Dimebag, like if he's playing a solo or anything where he's going to higher registers, he doesn't really always, sometimes he does, but he doesn't always lay like a, uh, a rhythm guitar underneath it. 
you know, so it really it comes off better live. He doesn't have to worry about all that. So that was kind of like the idea with that. Now, as far as like the broom closet thing, I, I had no, I had no idea what that even means. I, I feel like clarity wise, that one sounded better. It, it, uh, I felt like the production was better on that one, but we may have been going more into a more rock, a little more swagger territory than we were so much the, the hardcore sound that was of the time, especially when we did regeneration. I think really what it was. And again, I don't remember the broom closet comment because we do those episodes way before they, way before they post. So I don't even remember saying it, but I think if I did say it, what I was getting at was, you know, I'm a meathead. So I like hardcore, you know, in your, in your face, you know, yeah. kind of sound and regeneration itself, you know, like you said that the production's kind of dense on it, but like, to me, that's not a bug. It's a feature, if that right, makes sense, right. you know? And so that record came across sounding way more brutal, maybe because it wasn't as clear yeah. or because it wasn't as clean. Like, I mean, you listen to like heavy records now that are like so clean that they're almost not even heavy anymore. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that i mean it can be sterilized to the point it just it just sounds you're taking out all the balls from it and for some reason just whenever i listen to those records back to back which is what i did uh for the episode i felt like i felt like wormwood was just like a little quieter a little bit more um muffled but like you know what you're saying makes total sense it was written with one guitar in mind and it was um and you guys did a lot more interesting stuff on that record as far as, um, like I said, because one of the first things I was like, the songwriting's obviously improved, you know, in, in the sense that yeah. these songs go in a lot of different directions. And, you know, and, well, to, and to, in like, uh, like the song Wormwood, you couldn't put that on Regeneration itself. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it wouldn't make right. any sense. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. That was definitely, that's fun. I love that. I love that song. Um, I remember coming up with that part. Like my wife was going to sleep and I I just remember sort of we, we were living in one of our first apartments when we first got married. And it was just the part I came up with, the real pretty part. I, I was playing it to her as she was going to sleep. And that's the, that's the biggest memory I have of of that one. Um, but that's I have very fond memories of that. Of that. Um, but, yeah, I think after the first one, we were just trying to sort of go in a bit of a different direction. And uh, I guess maybe, I don't know. It's hard to say. We were trying to keep it interesting. So I guess we were going for maybe a little bit lusher, better production. And it just, maybe it lost some of the, you know, it felt like it lost some of the momentum, but well, us, we yeah, at the end of the day, man, it's just one guy's opinion, but uh, yeah, you know, no. but that didn't really kill my, all. that didn't really kill my enjoyment of the record. Uh, as much like it really didn't, um, cause like songs like the latest fad, like that's like, dude, whenever that, whenever that singing vocals come in on that song, I'm just like, I remember being blown away. I was like, oh my God, like, this is actually like really cool. It's like, it's not what I was expecting. It wasn't even what I wanted really. But then whenever I heard it, I was like, oh yeah, I, I actually really liked that. And then there was some more singing on the record, you know, uh, and, and it was just really, um, I thought that that was I thought that that was super cool. Um, 
I think the only thing I really criticized on that record besides the production was I was like, oh, it's so long. But that dude, that's just me being a dude that does a podcast where I listen to albums all week. So anytime a record's like longer than 30 minutes, I like start complaining about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, it, it could have been a thing where we were just like, you know, you get into that thing where you're like, you don't, you, you, you don't want it to be too short. So you keep on writing and writing and then pretty soon you've got more than you really need. But, uh, I mean, we were proud of, we were pretty proud of it. And it, it was, I thought it was funny because you said, you said, you're like, yeah, I mean, I think it's too long. You know, you get like past the ninth song. I just kind of stopped listening. I was like, Hey, if you get nine songs deep and you're, you know, getting tired, that's, I'll take it. You know, that's what right. for me. Right. Now I was listening to my, I was listening to it on my sound system right behind me. And what's funny too, is I couldn't, I had kind of forgotten how heavy the band was like, like there's like kind of like a, but whenever you're listening to a, even a CD, um, you know, I couldn't believe whenever, even whenever I put in regeneration of self, dude, you listen to that thing on a stereo system with a mixer and a good set of speakers. And it's like, yeah. you, you listen to that and you're like, I've been listening to music wrong my whole life, you know, because, because <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I listened to those two records and then, um, I think I listened to like an overcome record and a Zale record. I had a, like in a big five CD changer or whatever. Cause I'm yeah. old and that sounded really cool to have. Um, <laughs> right. And, um, you know, I, I was definitely blown away. And I think that's also where I noticed like that the second record was a little bit quieter because I was like, oh, it's weird. But then there's some <coughs> records, some records I'll put in where I have to like go in and redo all of my uh, settings or else I'll blow the speakers out or, you know, so yeah. I definitely had to do some adjustment for going from um, going from because uh, whenever Wormwood finished and it went right back into uh, regeneration, I had to like run and turn the bass down. <laughs> like yeah. real quick so that my speakers didn't blow out uh yeah. and uh so i mean you know all in all man like for for two records though the impact that it had on me personally can't be uh, undersold you know like i just uh they you guys were one of those bands that i felt like number one like i said earlier was like cool like these guys get it and i didn't really have much of a problem with the christian message because i was a christian and you know like it just like you know you, how you hear something and you're like well yeah that just sounds correct to me and you, you know you're gonna mean you move on yeah. um and so i think it's really especially, cool especially well i was gonna say especially whenever you're you're you know you may be like some of the other kids that would come to our show like we had a we had a group of kids from mississippi the mississippi crew what we call them and they would come up because they'd have an older brother or their parents would drop them off the show we were safe you know for them they 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 would get to come see hardcore and you know punk and you know not have to uh fight with their parents about it i guess so i mean i get it you know you you were probably one of those kids that and i i think i remember you saying that you uh that that's really what you all you could listen to you know at that point you were very young at that point so i mean i completely understand no it's cool and and again to see you guys get announced on furnace fest was so huge for me because it's just one of those bands where it's like yeah i like you guys but i'm never gonna see you guys play live ever again you know what i mean because you're gone it's been all these years yeah. and so furnace fest has really become like a Really? Last chance to dance, sort of. Thing. Absolutely. Which leads to my next question: Are you guys going to have merch at Furnace Fest? We we are working on that right now. We've had so many people that that uh, want the Hess uh, design on the shirt, so we're working on that. And oh, we're yeah. working on 
we're working on a couple of other designs and uh yeah I mean, we've definitely been talking about it i've got a friend of mine working working getting the stuff uh laid out for us so we that's can awesome see what our options are because i'm a couple shirt sizes bigger than i was um <laughs> right. 15 15 16 years ago you know so um i'm, I'm I, I mean i pretty much have to set aside like a nest egg or work more hours or something you know in order to get some of those shirts because there's bands that i'm never going to have a chance to see really ever again it's so dense with with bands you're just gonna yeah i mean you're gonna have to have money to go to that thing so, you know, as far as Furnace Fest goes, a lot of these bands are doing a one-time reunion. Is this going to be a one-time reunion for you guys, or is the magic going to take hold? And no pun intended. Um, <laughs> uh, we Putting you on the spot. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say, uh, I'm not going to say no, but I mean, a lot of time has passed and it would, it would take a lot more, um, of our time to do it, especially since I live deep in the bowels of Arkansas and the rest of the guys live, uh, you know, in the Memphis area. So, I mean, it can be done. You know, I'm, I'm really, I mean, it's not like I don't take trips in the Memphis on quite a regular basis. My, my parents are still there, but, um, I, I don't know. I mean, we've always sort of toyed with the idea of, of getting back together. But for one reason or another, it just didn't work out. But this is definitely, you know, sort of lit a fire, you know, under us. So, um, so I mean, who knows? We'll we'll see how it goes. We're only we're going to take it one step at a time. So, uh, you know, we're just we're just trying to make trying not to embarrass ourselves uh, <laughs> whenever we play Furnace Fest, especially knowing that we're going to be playing around the same time as Not Loose. And I can tell you, you know, uh, Reserving Dirt Naps played that. Uh, Life and Death Brigade, the LBD um, fest, and uh, we we were there for that secret not loose show. That uh, and it, man, those guys. We told Chad we were like, "Hey, uh, don't put us after them. <laughs> don't put yeah, us after yeah. those guys." That's they put uh, on a great show. That's straight fire. Those guys are straight fire. Um, oh, yeah. But I've seen Knock Loose like 15 times in the past. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, it yeah. seems like they're always rolling into town. So. Uh, you know, you guys, it's definitely going to be one of those, like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. And, uh, yeah. you know, but yeah, I, that, that's going to be the hardest thing I think for the fest for me is, is making that map, you know, and then, and making that yeah. schedule and not only that, but be, you know, there's the podcast aspect of it too, that I'm going to want to do chats with people at the festival. So it's going to be like, I hope I don't end up getting still like, I hope I'm not like a jerk to somebody in the interview where I'm like, Hey, can we hurry this up? Cause I got to go see, you know, <laughs> or, you know, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Your next tour. Uh-huh. Great. New album. Okay. Everybody buy it. Okay. See you guys later. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to be hard. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping to bring, um, both of the podcasts to, furnace fest in some capacity um i just got to talk to chad about it and get you know get that stuff hammered out and uh hopefully that's a thing but i mean if not man i got i got money in reserve for i'm gonna get there one way or another i just called the well, Zayo. I, I hope you guys get in there i, I mean, call the uh, Zayo dudes and be like you need me to sling some merch for you <laughs> <laughs> right but uh no it's it's definitely uh yeah I, I we're gonna be there one way or the other i guess is what i'm trying to say like whether it's whether it's as a podcast or whether it's just me the dude you know like yeah. it, it'll be you know 
something that obviously oh, yeah, can't be in. missed. Yeah, we will. Like, I'm just hoping those tickets don't the, sell out before, you know. Yeah. Oh, you haven't gotten – yeah, well, that's right. You you haven't gotten tickets yet. Man, yeah, I know. It's crazy. The, the whole ticket thing has been has been nuts. I mean, every time, like, the tickets go on sale, it's like it's all, you know, people are getting charged, like, you know, three and four times. You're like, oh, my gosh, man, come on now. That's because it's hard not come to on. click that button, like, 400 times. You're like, give me my tickets. <laughs> Make the time <laughs> go by faster happening? so it happened right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Were you guys surprised at, at just at the, um, I guess, the amount of people that still cared after all these years? Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, did, I mean, just the people that have, uh, that it seemed to like us, something like we didn't even realize people remembered who we were, you know, and, uh, I was definitely surprised at just the whole, um, how people just came out of the woodwork, um, really excited about just the idea of Furnace Fest. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know what the reception would be. And, but I, we've definitely been surprised by how well it's been. Yeah, I remember uh, I was just searching through the Facebook page and, or, you know, I was on just scrolling through my wall. And this is before I heard that you guys were announced on Furnace Fest and you guys had made a post. And um, I was like, first of all, I was like, Few Left Standing has a Facebook page. And then I was <laughs> like, I was like, I think you guys mean MySpace or, you know, even then, I think it might even been a little before that. And it may uh, have been something that what some of the guys in the band said, too. Said, we have a Facebook page. Well, I, I started up one years ago when I thought we may we may try to do something and just nothing ever really came of it. And so it had been inactive for a while. And actually, funny story is I got into it. I actually had to get John or Aaron to put me back as an admin so that I could get in. And I go to the, the messages and there's stuff from like seven, eight years ago, at least people like making requests of us. And this, this one guy, he, uh, he wanted to know how to play regeneration of self, the acoustic thing at the end. So, you know, he, he wanted tab for it. So, I messaged it back, and then, I, of course, I posted on our Facebook, you know, the, the video of me playing it because I kind of had to relearn it a little bit. And, uh, I mean, he loved it. I mean, he was, was very appreciative of it, and that was awesome. And we had somebody in Crossville, Tennessee, want us to play a show about five years ago. And uh, I just emailed them back. and was like, oh, my goodness, are we too late? Yeah. You know, the guy, the guy I mean, he – he wrote back. He was laughing. He uh, he was like, "Man, I don't know. Maybe we can get something together, and you guys can come play." So, but yeah, they, it was it was uh, it was nice. It was nice to see that people were actually still out there, kind of wanting to know, you know, what was going on with this. Kind of stoked for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just like I mean, I, I'm just being a little bit of a fanboy in the sense that I'm like, I can't believe that these bands are coming back. Some of them are sticking around forever, and that that was that was what I was kind of getting at with uh, whenever I was talking about Living Sacrifice, how they broke up in like I think it was like two thousand and three or two thousand four, and then did they ever actually break up? I mean, I I guess there well, they, was a... they did. There was a, it was a big thing. Like they announced that they uh, well, it's funny. So they they announced that they were going to break up. Well, no, first they said that Bruce was going to leave the band. Which is kind of like taking, which is yeah. kind of like taking the hard drive out of a computer, right? You know, like right. how do you, how do you do that? Um, you're losing a guitar player and a singer all at once. And then they had said that Corey, 
um, was gonna Corey Putman was gonna do vocals and play guitar for Living Sacrifice, which I mean that dude went off to be in Norma Jean, you know. Um, yeah. And I just couldn't imagine his voice with that band. You know what I mean? Like it just, you know, and he's even said before that like, no, it definitely would not have worked out, you know, like that. How would you do that? Just name it something different, you know? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it, it, it turned into like, no, we're just going to break up, you know? And so they, they broke up for like two, three years. And then I think it was like right around that time that like Demon Hunter came out. Mm. And like when Demon Hunter came out, it was like, you got to look at the big, the Christian bands that were in that scene at that time. It was just like Demon Hunter, Under Oath, As I Lay Dying, you know, like, and all those bands obviously went on to be, be huge. Um, and yeah. I think it was the Demon Hunter guys that, you know, basically convinced the dudes from Living Sacrifice, like, dude, no, seriously, you can go do this now and it actually be viable for you. I know you guys like grinded for years and years and years and years and yeah. it just they never got it sucked. I mean they never got the recognition that they deserved as a band. You know, right. like during those during those years and uh you know <laughs> they so they they came back and you know has have been going relatively strong ever since. I know they don't I know they don't tour that much and stuff, but like that's just, so whenever I look at a band like you guys coming back, you know, to do like a one-off festival, it makes me wonder like how crazy it would be to, you know, record an album in the modern day and age and you wouldn't even have to put out a physical product or if you did have to put out a physical product, you could have people pay for it in advance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, so you'd have those guaranteed sales before you even had to had to go into it. And so that that's why I ask a lot of uh, that's why I ask that question uh to almost everybody where it's like, you know, we're we're in a different day and age now to where you don't have to necessarily it doesn't have to be the financial investment to put the music out there. And if you yeah, put it out, if you put it out digitally and everybody likes it, people are going to want to buy the physical product. But then you already know, like, oh, it's viable. It's not like shooting in the dark like it used to be, where it's like, well, we'll we'll press twenty five hundred CDs and see what happens. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, right. Uh, we just, you know, it's funny because we're all, at least between Aaron and I, where you know, and Paul. You know, we always wonder what what would feel our standing sound like, even like twenty years, you know, in like this. And, I mean, you know, Aaron will throw out a band, and I'll be like, no, no, what do you know? Like, it, like if you something. had continued for twenty years and had put out records yeah, consistently right, right. throughout, so like what right. the ups and what, downs what, what were, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's no way to tell, you know. But uh, but yeah, so it did. You know, I definitely wonder, you know. But uh, I mean, as far as if we if if we would do something like that, I mean, I honestly would have fun doing it. I think the rest of the guys would. I think it's just more of a, you know, with Aaron being in reserving dirt naps and you know just our our family lives and it's, you know who knows who knows if if we could do it. But you never know. No, that's why I thought I'd just tear that scab right open and talk about it for a minute because, you know, um, you, you never know. And um, me and my co-host, uh, John, from my other podcast, Brutally Speaking, he, uh, you know, we, we like to do this to everybody and be like, well, you know, I think you guys should try it. And But if you do, you got to give us credit for giving you the idea, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, no, man, like this is... Uh, this is all really exciting. I guess if, it, it, yes. if I could put a bow on, on everything we've talked about up to this point, it it's all very exciting. And it's something that I don't think any of us really, it's not something any of us ever expected to happen. No, I mean, it feels more like a family reunion 
uh, to us. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just the vibe it has. I mean, they, they definitely went for the nostalgic uh, value, you know, and, uh, and not, you know, I'm not saying that in a, you know, they're looking to just capitalize on the nostalgia, but I think, I think that Chad and the people that he's working with, you know, really they, they want a, a very family like atmosphere. You know, they, they want to, you know, reconnect with these bands one last time at least, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, I hope that it is a success and I hope that it becomes a thing again, you know, where every year it's like, oh man, did you hear who they got back together for Furnace Fest mm-hmm. this year? You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. it turned, it turned into one of those, one of those big deals. And, um, so you guys, you guys actually played one of the earlier Furnace Fests, if I'm correct. Okay. This is where my memory goes terribly bad because we trying to remember if we played, we, we swear we played two, like the first two Furnace Fests. But, uh, my memory is shot. You know, we played the Take Hold Fest, which were smaller and they, they were at Slacker 66. But then we come down and play Furnace Fest. I can't, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I mean, they just, it all mixes together at a certain point. But, um, I think we played the one before Andrew WK was there, which, which one was that? That he was there. 2000 and I'm just going to throw a number out here and it's probably wrong too. Okay. That, that sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, so yeah, we would have played the 2000 and 2001. Yeah. That makes sense as far as the timeline of the band goes too. Um, and uh, whew, I'm trying to th- see that. That's what's so funny about these conversations. We're all trying to remember like the <laughs> Right. I was like, what was the name of that venue? I was like 15 and I saw you guys play, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's the part of this podcast I was dreading. I was like, oh, he's, yeah, I hope he doesn't ask me too many, you know, fine, finer details like this because I'm the wrong one. Yeah, no, I was definitely joking about the uh, asking you tons of technical questions about each song. <laughs> um, right. But I, uh, I could probably feel that much better than I could, you know, uh, when we played, what venues and who we played with. So I'm going to ask you a question about the set, and um, have you guys even decided on what the set's going to be for Furnace Fest? Oh, we have labored over the set. It has been ridiculous yeah. how much we've labored over what we're going to do. I mean, and, you're going to uh, open with Scourge, right? Not, why would we open with Scourge? <laughs> that's, that's the hit, man. I, I know, but like, I mean, you could play it at the beginning and at the end. I don't care. You know, like, <laughs> right. it'd be fine. Right. You know, um, we could bookend it. We could play the first half, everything else, and then and then just the tail end of the song at the very end. Oh, right. but "Burn Me to the Ground" would be a good opener too. <clears throat> you, you you could be right about that. Yeah, you could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and "Scourge" could be like "Scourge" could be that song where like you guys can do the cheesy like '80s metal band thing and like leave the stage, and then you know you go off like, it's the encore. Yeah, you, you know? go off the stage, and then everybody's like yelling for one more song, and then you hear the "I'll Swallow Your Soul" and all. You know, yeah, right. It could happen. Well, that would be great if it wasn't at a, in a festival setting. I, <laughs> right. I, I think we leave the stage you're gonna be like okay let's get the other band up you know? yeah right. we've had enough of this yeah that's what i'm worried about too is like what kind of set list we're looking at for some of these bands are we only going to see you guys for 30 minutes or are we going to see you know uh i guess it maybe it depends on the band or what the what the time slot is yeah it's be like any um, other show right 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 i mean uh, we we've gotten a roundabout idea of what we're gonna 
you know, what sort of time frame we've got. I don't want to say anything because I just, you know, it, it doesn't seem like that. It, Chad hasn't given us any definite details. He's just kind of like, well, it's kind of what we're looking at, you know, this sort of thing. So, uh, but um, I can say, I mean, we're going to pull from, I, I don't want to say it's 50-50 wormwood regeneration. I mean, um, but we we are we are looking forward to adding Paul and figuring out how we're going to make those wormwood songs a little uh, much thicker than they are. I mean, it's going to sound great first off that we're doing the regeneration songs with two guitars the way they were meant to be heard. Yeah. And second of all, we get to play around with some of the arrangement of the wormwood stuff. I mean, we we have ideas of things we want to try. You know, we don't want to change it and move it too much so that it it takes people out of it. But I, I think what some of the things, the ideas that we're having is is definitely going to like, you know, OK, you know, it inject some some life into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, I couldn't be more excited. And I guess uh, I've probably taken up enough of your evening. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is fun, man. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love it. Well, you know, one thing that we like to do whenever we uh, whenever we interview people is uh, one of these days I'll te- I'll send you a message and be like, dude, we should pick a band and let you you know like go through just like we did with Steven from Tantrum. Um, yeah. Which have you heard his new band on Teachers? I, I've I've uh, heard a, a, a song or two. I mean, I couldn't. It's been a long time. But uh, I, I guess I need to go back and, and check that out and listen to him. It's really good. I know man. he's been doing. I know that's that's stuff that he did after after. I mean, of course, my frame of reference with with him is is tantrum. But I know he did on teachers. Yeah, no, they're definitely a really cool band and uh, one that I think a lot of people. Uh, you know, while I throw out terms like sleeper hits, you know, um, yeah. I actually I actually think that that uh, on teachers is even like a step up from what he was doing in tantrum. Like it's a little yeah. bit more serious, a little bit less weird, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many has he put out as on teachers? He's, he's put out several. He's got him? well, no, he's got one record called uh, a human comedy, um, and uh, he was so nice, dude. He when I told him I liked that record, he sent me like all three versions of it, like all the vinyl and all that. Like, yeah. And, uh, so he has that, that's the full length. And he has a seven inch, uh, that's just like a split with another band that has two songs on it. Uh, and then he's working, he's yeah. working day in and day out on working on another record and, uh, and getting a band together for it. So, uh, I've heard, I've heard some demos. If I'm allowed to say that he'll let me know after I post this, if I was supposed to say that or not, but, um, <laughs> I've heard some demos and it's some pretty cool stuff. And, uh, but yeah, man, I definitely am stoked to see you guys play at Furnace Fest. I'm glad that I got, you know, a little bit of, uh, answers to some of my questions and, uh, I'm glad I didn't piss you guys off too much on, uh, no, it look, look, like I said, if you guys had been dicks and was like, you know, ah, you know, feel like standing, uh, you know, I could tell that you, you, uh, you definitely were fair in in your criticisms so i I took no offense to it but then all you guys got to do now is put out a new album and be all like huh what do you think about that broom closet this yeah and yeah prove that we didn't just fizzle out after wormwood huh absolutely absolutely (laughs) 
Well, Jason, I really appreciate you taking the time out, man. I'm stoked about Furnace Fest. I'm stoked to see all of this stuff go down. I'm stoked that we'll get to, you know, meet in person and hang and, you know, it, it'll be a good time, man. And I'm, I'm super stoked, uh, super stoked to have got to talk to you tonight about all this stuff. Yes, sir, man. And I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. And I look forward to actually seeing you in person too. Absolutely. And hanging out at Furnace Fest.